In the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, today is the fourth Sunday of Easter, and it is uh, traditionally known in the church as Good Shepherd Sunday. And we always read a portion of John chapter 10, where Jesus famously declares, I am the Good Shepherd, except in the portion that we have this year. You may have noticed Father Trent didn't read uh, where Jesus says, I am the Good Shepherd. Uh, Jesus does not say that in the portion that we have this year. Uh, he does, Jesus does talk about a shepherd, but this is a sensible shepherd. He does not climb over the fence to get at the sheep. He comes in the gate. Uh, he is, uh, comes in the right way. And then Jesus declares, I am the gate. Some translations say, I am the door. And that could be confusing, right? I mean, we think of Jesus as the shepherd who comes in the right way through the gate. We see lots of pictures of Jesus painted as a, as a shepherd. We know he's opposed to the thieves and robbers, but um, Jesus is the shepherd. But then Jesus says he's the gate. We've never seen a picture painted of Jesus as a gate. I don't know what that would look like. So is he the shepherd or is he the gate? And the answer, of course, is yes. See, in John's gospel, uh, it's okay for two things to be true at the same time. It, we know that the Word is with God, and the Word is God. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. In other words, I am the road, I am the map, and I am the destination all at once. John also wrote in the book of Revelation where Jesus said, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. So here, Jesus is both the shepherd and the gate. And John's comfortable with declaring that Jesus can be two things at once. But there's a story that I have held on to over the years that may explain this a, a little better. Those of us who, who don't keep sheep for a living may not quite understand, but this would have been, I think, immediately clear to Jesus' audience. There's a story about a man named Sir George Smith, who was an Old Testament scholar, uh, probably British, I, I suppose, Sir George, and, um, and he was traveling one day in the Holy Land, and he came across a shepherd tending his sheep. And the shepherd took some time with him to show him um, show him around and showed him the fold where the, he kept the sheep at night and had four stone walls and the only way in or out was, uh, was just a wide open space in one of the walls. And Sir George was confused and he said, well, where's the door? And the shepherd said, I'm the door. And Sir George said, well, what, what do you mean you're the door? Don't they get in, uh, don't they get out at night? And and, um, and the shepherd said, yes, they're perfectly safe because I am the door. And Sir George was confused. And so the shepherd replied, uh, when the light has gone and all the sheep are inside, I lie down right there in that open space. And no sheep ever goes out except across my body. And no wolf ever comes in except across my body. I am the door. And I've always remembered that. Because when Jesus says, I am the gate, he is literally saying, I am the good shepherd who lays down my life for the sheep. The thief comes in to steal and kill and destroy. But in contrast, Jesus says, I have come 
that my sheep may have life and have it abundantly. So if this good shepherd is in fact the gate, the door for the sheep, then it must mean two things. And these are our two points for the sermon today. That he is the way in and he is the way out. He's the way in and he's the way out. So first, Jesus is the way in. And I remember, I can remember hearing this strange sports story when I was a kid. The details may be a little fuzzy, but this is what I remember. I remember that someone won the New York City Marathon in record time. And everybody was amazed at how fast this person had run the marathon. Well, come to find out, This marathon runner had jumped in a car at some point along the course and rode over to uh, near the finish line, jumped out, and started running again and completed the course. It's a lot easier to finish really fast when you do that. And so um, once this came to light, no one said, wow, what a creative way for him to uh, finish this course. No one said, well, gosh, you know, everybody has to draw their uh, their own trail, chart their own course. Everyone said he's a cheater, right? There's only one way to finish the race, and that is to follow the course that is set out. This marathoner cheated, and he was essentially a thief. He was trying to get across the finish line in the wrong way and take, therefore, what was not rightfully his, which was the grand prize, right? There's one route across the finish line, and then and only then do you get the medal hung around your neck. So when I say that Jesus, as the gate, is the way in, I'm saying that Jesus is the only route across the finish line. Scholars and interpreters have long understood that the fold, or the sheep pen, in Jesus' metaphor here, it it means that the sheep inside are the people of God, right? Whether they say it's the church, or the children of God, or the ones that God has put his favor upon, uh, Jesus is the way in to that community. Now, Christians sometimes tune this part out, right? They say, yeah, yeah, I know. Jesus died for my sins. He's the good shepherd. Let's get on to the important stuff. Let's move on to maturity, to the meat. And if you're doing that, don't tune this part out. Don't you dare. But I do want to say this. If you're watching this and you're wrestling with the claims of Christianity, you know, you're just not really sure where you stand with Jesus, what you believe about Jesus. Let me say that Jesus is the way in. He is the way into a relationship with God, which is what God made you for in the first place. Jesus is God in the flesh. He lived a perfect life, which is to say the life that you and I should have lived but have not lived. And his death was the sacrifice that paid the penalty for our sins, for all those things we have done that we shouldn't do, all the things that we didn't do that we should have done. Jesus paid the penalty for our sin with his life, which means you are forgiven by God. You are loved by God. And you are welcomed by God without qualification. Without qualification. Jesus rose from the dead to give you new life. He is the way into that new life. You put, I'm encouraging you, put your faith in him. Put your trust in him today. Through faith, he is with you by the Holy Spirit, and He will never leave you. He'll never leave you. That's the gospel. That's, what, that's the good news. Now, for you Christians who think, oh, I know all that. Let's move on from 101 and get to 201 or 301 of Christianity. Here's what often happens. 
Here's what often happens. We get, uh, we kind of understand the gospel, we get involved in Bible study, or we get involved in service opportunities, and we start noticing what a good person we are, you know? And we start begin to keep a tally of how good we are. I mean, you know, thanks be to God. But we, we, we kind of count how good we are, especially in relation to that person over there who's not quite as good as we are, bless their heart, right? And so uh, pretty soon, unwittingly, we're trying to climb in the fence rather than come in the gate. Uh, you know, we're trying to do it by our own effort rather than through the way of grace, which is Jesus. The gospel, that basic story, the good news, the gospel is not just the means by which we come to Christ, but the gospel is the only means by which we mature in Christ. Because Christian growth is not a matter of accumulation, but a matter of reduction. In other words, Christian growth is not a matter of adding to your skills, adding to your experiences, making sure I come to church all the time. Uh, all of those things are important, but we're not trying to add to our holy role or resume, right? Christian growth is a matter of shedding all the things we're trusting in other than Jesus. Maybe it's Jesus and, well, I'm a good person. Or Jesus and, I've got the respect of others. Or Jesus and, I've watched all the videos during quarantine. Now listen, I want you to be a good person. And I want you to have the respect of others. And I want you to watch all the videos and maybe hit like and subscribe. But, you know, I, if, if you add anything to Jesus for your salvation, then you get far less than Jesus. Because Jesus is the gate and he's the only gate. He's the only way in. And that might sound exclusive, it might not sound very PC, but anybody can come in, right? I mean, Jesus said, I did not come for the righteous, but I came for sinners, which is to say, all of us. Jesus said, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus said, whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. He's the good shepherd. He lays down his life for his sheep. He is the gate. He is the way in. The way into his kingdom, the way into his love, the way into the favor of the Father, and the way into heaven when we die. Jesus is the gate. He's the way in. But if he's the way in, Jesus says he's also the way out. I don't mean he's the way out of salvation or the way out of heaven, because once you're in, you're in. But what I mean is that if you're going through a hard time in your life, and maybe it's, maybe it's quarantine, right? Maybe it's cancer. Maybe it's a wandering or estranged child. Uh, maybe it's a divorce or a financial crisis. Whatever it is, Jesus is the way out. Now, I think I could have said Jesus is the way through, but that didn't sound as good, but Jesus is the way in. So, Jesus is the way out. And that, essentially, that's what I mean. Jesus is the way through. Uh, Jesus says in verse 9, I am the gate, and if anyone enters by me, he will be saved... That means Jesus is the way in. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and he will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes in to st steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it abundantly. The sheep go in by the gate for safety and shelter, but they go out of the gate for pasture, which is to say, for nourishment, right? For nourishment. Jesus is the way to nourishment. And it is in the nourishment that the good shepherd affords the sheep 
that abundant life that he's talking about. The thieves and the robbers, they just take, right? They, they entice the sheep, but they just want the wool, right? They, they, you, know, you may have had a boss like that. You may have had a parent like that. You may have had a church like that. But Jesus is the good shepherd. He's the gate. He's the way out of the mess because he cares for his sheep. He cares for his sheep. You know, I can think of seasons in my life, like a period of depression in my mid-20s. Seasons of difficulty in our marriage or being just completely out of ideas and out of hope about parenting. Times of professional confusion or frustration. I think of people who have lost the battle with cancer but have won with Jesus. I think of people who couldn't reconcile the the marriage but who found a closeness with the Good Shepherd that they never had imagined before. This is because the shepherd nourishes his sheep. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. And even though I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear because he is with me. The good shepherd is with me. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. He is with me. Recently, a woman in our church died. It's a delightful woman that many of you No, and she'd endured some absolutely heartbreaking relational events in her life, not to mention a string of serious medical complications. And a couple of months ago, I sat with her in her hospital room, and she looked at me, and without a hint of sarcasm or irony, she said, Father Joe, I've had the most wonderful life. She was not being naive. She was not being forgetful. She had been nourished in the pastures of the Good Shepherd for years. And she had received the abundant life of grace that the Good Shepherd offered. Don't you need that? Don't you want that? I do. And it's available to you. And it's available to you because Jesus is the gate. Jesus is the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep, who laid down his life for you on the cross, and who rose from the tomb to give you that abundant life. He is never going to leave you, never going to forsake you. He's the way in. He's the gate into a life of peace in this life, a peace that often must pass, surpass understanding. He's the gate into eternal life. And he's the way out. For whatever it is that you're going through right now, Jesus offers you his still waters, his green pastures, his abundant life, and the promise that he will never leave you. Friends, won't you let the good shepherd tend you today? Amen.